Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for. A podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show. And I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. Okay, I hit the button. Exciting. It's like I've hit the button on the roller coaster ride and I am locked in and all of you are locked in and we are going on this venture. I can't wait to introduce my guest today. She is an absolute badass. She is well known in the podcasting industry and you will know soon enough why that is. She's a leader, a speaker, a marketer, a podcaster, a learner, and a founder. She, and she's passionate about authentic brand building. Um, we, we could easily turn this into a marketing podcast or a SaaS podcast. She is the host of the Casted podcast, if that clues you in. CEO and co-founder of Casted, Lindsay Chepkema. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was lovely, Casey. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to have you introduce me more often. I, yeah, I'll be your hype <laughs> guy. I'll walk around with a boombox and I'll be like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, you know. I like okay. it. I like it. I'll take it. So I'm glad you're here. I can't wait to, to, to open up your brain and just, just learn from you for a bit of time here because your experience with Casted and all the podcasts you, inter you interact with and also the ones that you've hosted and host yourself is so much in there. And I can't wait to just sort of like, yeah, I got my, my paper ready and my pen ready. So I'm ready to go. So pull back the curtain for us on your show and share your most important strategy for a great podcast. Okay. Well, feeling is mutual. I think that we're going to get really <laughs> geeked out, getting very, very meta about um, podcasting on your podcast. Um, right. Yeah, I think for, for me, um, the, the peeling back the curtain, the secret sauce, the top priority for me is, um, is the human connection. You know, it's, um, being the CEO of a tech company, I wish I could tell you that it's all about the, the tools and the tech and, and those things really, really matter. But to me, it's, it's all about the human connection. Um, that's what people listen for, watch for, um, is to see a couple of people really interacting and getting to join in on that kind of like really two-way conversation between two human beings. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what? We are birds of a feather here. Um, when I founded Ringmaster, I made our company why to create human connection, right? And it's mm -hmm. weird because we're in this industry where it's very much, you know, you've got podcasting ROI and we've got all sorts of logical things to try to point out and brand exposure and all these different things. But at the end of the day, there's something about two people focused completely on themselves. What what kind of clued you into that? Like, have you always known that it's been human connection or has that been a, an evolution for you? That's always been my thing. It's it's funny. Yeah. I was actually doing, um, so I was pulling together some a whole bunch of video clips as one should um, for something else that I'm working on. And I went back to our launch party. So February, 2020, which was right before the entire world changed, of course. Right. Um, but we had our big launch party. So we had just raised our seed round. And the talk that I gave was all, I was like, I didn't start casted because I love podcasting. I started casted because I love authentic conversations and human connection. Um, Damn. And, you know, we all went on to learn just how important human connection is firsthand during things like the pandemic. Um, it, it's a basic human need. Um, we need each other. And um, that makes it a basic business need. And I think 
uh, the best marketers know that um, the most human brand wins, always has, always will, regardless of what tech or trends uh, emerge. The brands that get it right and have the most loyal follow te- followings are the ones that have that really prioritize getting creative about human connection. Wow. All right. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm going to drink. I have some caffeine here. So I, I mean, we are off to the races here. Basic human need that feels right. Equals a basic business need. Is it? I, I want it to be. I feel like whether, it. Is. Yeah. Whether people want to admit it or not, you know, I mean, yeah. the, the, the basics of what, of who we are as human beings is we need each other. Like, other species, other animals can exist alone. Humans yeah. can't. Like whales, and, you know, just hanging out in the ocean. Yeah, just, just doing yeah. their own thing. You know, eagles flying around by themselves. But, um, you know, we, we need each other. And the brands that get that, even if it's subconsciously, the brands that innately, intrinsically get that and try to connect with each other on a human-to-human level as opposed to a brand-to-buyer level, um, those are the ones that we all want to buy from. Even even if it's it's that intangible thing, the the brands that wish to succeed and the brands that will ultimately survive are the ones that um, see the humans in themselves and relate to the humans in their audience. Um, mm. That it's it's a basic business need. It's a basic uh, um, foundation of a successful business. Have you had much much pushback from people and it's sort of a business perspective, uh, folks who maybe don't aren't aware of this lesson and they're sort of fixated on, you know, all the other things, all the other trappings, and they kind of miss the point. Do you do you have to, you know, what is the process for for beating them into understanding? Like how <laughs> how, how do you try to educate people around you about this? Yeah, you know, I I Maybe I should do more um, beating of of the drum. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think where where I run into it is I see all of the fanfare and reverie, um, and and idolatry around tech, right? Um, which again, I'm I lead a tech company. Tech is a good thing. Um, it's when it gets put on on a pedestal as the thing um, that we get into a dangerous spot. Of course. Let's see, how far are we into this recording? Six minutes. We got six minutes into it without, and I'm about to say the words AI. Um, you know, should, right now. Should we, hey, should we drink every time? we? Yeah, <laughs> I'll be very hydrated. Um, <laughs> but AI is amazing. AI is going to change everything. I'm not here to say that that's not the case. Um, we're, we're implementing AI into Casted right now. It's, it's yeah. a good thing. It's not the thing. And I think where I get really... Um, frustrated, and again, maybe I should beat the drum on this more often, Yeah, is when it's like AI is going to change everything. AI is the answer. No, people using AI in a way that helps them create, again, connect with other humans is the way. That is the thing. Um, and again, the brands that, the brands and the businesses and the marketers and the leaders that see AI, generally speaking, because AI is billions of things, Right. As an opportunity to be more effective and more efficient and more creative as human beings, it actually gets us more to our humanness, more to, you know, authentic conversations. It, it opens up that capability or 
you can get obsessed with it and say, no, 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 we can actually be less human and less authentic because we can have the robots do everything, which it's tempting because those are the ones, you know, the tortoise and the hare, that's the hare that's winning the race right now. It's like, right. I just wrote 56 blog posts in the last five minutes. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but remember who won that race, you know, slow and steady and, and the ones that are looking at tech, which right now is AI, um, and, and other, um, assets casted included looking at it as ways to be more effective, more efficient, more human, more creative. Um, that's, what's going to win. And so, yeah, I, I do get frustrated with all of the fanfare and reverie around uh, idolizing, just doing more for the sake of doing more because you can, because AI. Yeah. That's a trap that even marketers fall under, which is the activity mindset of if I'm doing stuff, then that must be great. To your point, you know, it's, it'll go underappreciated, but the idea of your, your quote, I wish I made this the quote of the show. We won't do that, but 56 blog posts. Okay. Like now what? Cool. Like, great. Good for you. Fantastic. Yeah. Is anyone going to read them? Are they even good? Maybe they are. Maybe. Okay. You made yeah. that, but that's not it. That's not that's not what's going to move the needle. And that's yeah. certainly not moving you closer. It's almost like a spectrum, right? Of like more human, less human. And I really like how you brought up the fact that this does have the opportunity to highlight more of the human aspects. Yeah. As you have AI doing more and more of the things that it can do, you can either run away or you can embrace and say like, okay, where's my humanness really impacting here? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, it's are are you a are you a machine? Are you a factory? Is is output the goal? No. Right. Connection is the goal. And um yeah. And we have a real opportunity to get even more um connected as humans because of all of the tech that's tech advancements and innovation that's emerging around us. So we'll get there. We will. We will. And you know, jokes on everyone listening to this show because neither of us are actually here. These are two of our AIs talking this to each other. This is my avatar. This is your avatar. This is my avatar. And we had ChatGPT write up the script. So mm-hmm. we're both sipping on pina coladas and doing our, our jobs. Yeah. And, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I said, yeah. That's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I would love to take it a step further, right? We, we talked connection now let's talk what makes great connection, right? Let's really geek out. I'd love to, what have you seen? What builds connection and what detracts from it? What are the things that if you think about, okay, human connection's it. That's why we're doing this. There's other things too, but human connection, what have you seen add to that and then take away from it? Um, I think especially speaking in terms, like this is a show about shows, right? And so especially speaking about shows, um, I think there are a lot of temptations. There's also a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people saying that you should like, oh, talk about your product and make sure that you get, you get, um, you know, prospects on and talk to them and get them really interested. Use the show as an opportunity to talk to them about your product. And then when the show's over, then you can talk to like, what's that about? Like, that's not for right. your audience. Like that, sure, maybe that's a good opportunity to connect with your guests, but your show is about your audience, right? And when you keep that as a top priority, um, that you are you as the host are there to serve your audience, right? And so if you can connect with your guest on behalf of your audience and 
get really curious uh, on their behalf um, and answer the questions, ask the questions that they want to know about, that's where you get into something special. It's, 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 I'm not going to just ask about, you know, the questions that I'm not going to send over a can list of questions and then go through them one by one. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to ask all of the same questions that all of the other interviewers are asking this author or thought leader. I'm going to try to get really natural and human and, and again, connect on a human level, you know, um, whether it's places you've been or things you've done or um, some connection that we have or your kids or your company, you know, and because that draws, I feel like we should also like take a sip every time we say the word human, Um, that draws the humanness out of that conversation and that I'm going to be so hydrated and caffeinated (laughs) because there's all kinds of research too around um, podcasts as, as a medium, but then also the format of like a conversation they really do hit different. They they hit a different part of your brain because you feel like you're you're part of the conversation and it builds trust. It builds, you know, there's there's an intimate um factor there that as an audience member, you really feel like you're in on something, which is why they're so successful. So if you can up if you can really be conscious of that and know who your audience is and and represent them, you think it talk show hosts. I mean Oprah does a really good job of that. She asks the questions that you want her to ask. She connects with the guests on a really human level. She doesn't just say like, hey, tell me about your book. Why did you write your book? What's your book about? Where can people buy your book? You know, um, right. I wrote a book once. My book was about this. If you want to buy it, you can buy it here. Like it's it's just having a conversation. The more authentic that you can be, the more that your audience is really going to appreciate it. Authentic conversation. And when I hear authentic, I, I hear you know, saying the answer you want to say to and asking the question you want to ask mm-hmm. and not, and I heard you say, you know, not canned questions, not the same questions, not, you know, and not the unnatural questioning. It's, it's very much a conversation. Is there anything you do to sort of get yourself in that mindset? How do you prepare yourself for that kind of intimate setting in an authentic conversation? Um, I try to get to know if I don't already. First of all, I try to interview people that I already know at least a little bit. Um, that's certainly not the case all the time. Probably, it's probably only half or maybe two thirds of the time, but that helps, right? If you have a yeah. backstory, you can be like, you know, oh, yeah. Casey and I met here. And oh gosh, remember when we worked together at that place? Like it just, it makes it more natural. If I don't, I try to do at least a little bit of background as everybody should, um, just to ask some of those kind of unique questions of like, hey, I'm going to go back a ways and I know that you're from this place or I read once that you did this one thing. Um, Based on that, how do you feel like that has impacted what you're doing now, which is what everybody else is talking to you about? And just tried to, to get a little bit of a unique angle, not for any other agenda, not for any other reason other than being interesting. Um, for the audience and, and, and actually for the guests too, because the more engaged they are, the more natural and interesting the conversation will be. How, how much do you like to prepare questions versus asking on the fly? And, and it has that evolved for you over time. Um, I like to, much more to just do it on the fly, but I do like to have an outline because I think otherwise it can really easily and accidentally go 
like you can have a missed opportunity, even though it can be a really great conversation. You know, did I get, did I pull out of it what the guest really wanted to come on and talk about? I, um, I keep kind of default using as an example, like let's say they have a book. If I accidentally don't talk about their book at all, because we just had a really good conversation about <laughs> cooking, then cool. But you know, what a missed opportunity. Um, but I, and, and also I, th- I have found that the guests really appreciate having, like, it's like, what are we going to talk about? And typically want to have some idea of which direction it's going to go. Um, that said, I always say, you know, I'm going to, take this wherever it leads us. And uh, at any point, if you want to bring us back, let's do that. Um, but yeah, I like to just be a little bit more um, on the fly, personally. Me too. Me too. And, you know, what's cool about this show is, like you said already, it's meta because we're like talking about it while on it and talking <laughs> about it, is some of my other shows, like the Hardcore Marketing Show, has has these like milestone questions. Never that giant list of things where I ignore your answer and go right to the ne- next yes. question. I agree. That is Good answer. Next question. Wor- I know, <laughs> right? Or, hmm, okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. They just poured the, and we had, we had one podcast we, you know, we listened to and we try to give feedback and mm-hmm. accidentally somebody had shared like one of the most powerful things you'd hear on a B2B podcast and the host wasn't thinking and they just went like, all right, so my next question I want to ask you, like, whoa, dwell in that moment, be there. Yeah. Oh, crap, um, man. But I, the reason I brought that up is that, you know, the other show has some milestones we get to. This one, it is sort of evolved. We have a, the same question we start out with. Mm-hmm. And my outline, I have a good 25 questions, five different, or three different sections. Yeah. We could go to. And, and I think initially I did use those sections. But over time, I've found that if the conversation is going well and we're excited, we're talking about things and it is a conversation, mm-hmm. so it's not just you answering, me asking, then there's always something else to talk about. Yeah. I think that having an outline, having a list of questions is good because you never know. Like, I'm sure you have too. I've had those interviews where you ask a question and they're like, yeah, yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Cool. Um, here's another question. <laughs> and they're like, yes, yeah. yep, yep. I found that too. And you're like, okay. And so it's good to have like conversation starters. Um, and also, um, having, having some structure to make sure like if, if it's, if your show is all about having actionable insights, make sure you get actionable insights out of it, you know, cause otherwise you can really accidentally have a, just a really good conversation. And then you're like, dang it. My listeners were expecting you know, a few key takeaways. Um, I will also say, and you kind of alluded to this too, I'm not saying that's the right way. Like that's that's just what we're doing with our show right now. I'm actually thinking, because we're in between seasons, um, we're going to be doing some changes. And I'm like, this is a really cool opportunity um, to say, what do we want to do differently? And we're actually looking at maybe doing more structure um, just because I think it might be fun and a fun change. So I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I don't think everybody should go into their show and say, Let's just have a really great conversation. I think sometimes it's really fun to listen to a show that's like has segments and like, first we do this and then I ask you some questions and then we play this little game and then, you know, it's so there's yeah. no right or wrong way. I think you just have to ask what, uh, who's it for? Why are you doing it? And what works best for your brand? Right. And next, the lightning round. Yeah. <laughs> this is where Bjorn inserts the lightning into our show and off we go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun too, right? Mixing it up and you brought up a cool topic 
the idea of seasons. And mm-hmm. initially, I was not not a fan of seasons because it felt like like a excuse to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I've evolved to understand it is an excuse to evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And so, which I found is really necessary because my marketing pod, three hundred fifty plus episodes, it's getting hard to say interested and not have the same conversation. And if I'm not into it, then like the whole thing just blows yeah. up and it's torture, right? So yep. you got to change it up. So tell me more about this season turnover change and what kind of innovations you're thinking. Yeah. And I, I recommend this all the time to our customers at Casted. Um, cool. Uh, we don't we don't get into strategy, but sh- certainly we get asked all the time, what should I do? And I'm like, well, here's some thoughts. Do with them what you will. Um, I love seasons because once upon a time, I also we didn't do seasons. When I, my first podcast ever, it was just every, I think it was every Wednesday at 10 a.m. forever and ever always. And that got really hard because then if you ever wanted to make any changes, it was like, it felt so abrupt and like jarring to be like, we're going to take a pause now after, after 50 episodes, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back different. Like it felt like there was something wrong. Whereas, um, when we started the casted podcast, We've always done seasons. They change. Sometimes a season is four episodes. Sometimes it's 15. And um, the thing that you that you always, always, always need to be r- sure that you keep the same is who it's for, right? Because you have people that subscribe. You have people that tune in and, and at least pay attention to your show. Just don't, don't change who your intended audience is. Other than that, if you're serving, like we serve B2B marketers that have shows, y- you don't, want to change that up on them. But, you know, like what's interesting to them? Um, Would they be interested in, you know, different topics? Like when it was in the time of pandemicness, we talked about how that was changing marketing strategies. And that was what we did for a little while. And then we talked to industry thought leaders for another couple of seasons about the role that podcasts and video content play in your overall marketing strategy. We did one that was explicitly CMOs. We did a couple of seasons that were only our customers um, speaking wow. ex- specifically about not, it was not a commercial for Casted, but it was just like, hey, these are our customers. We're going to tell you what they're doing. Um, and so I think that that can be really fun. It lets you change things up. It gives you excuse to change things like even your music or your host without it being really jarring. That's a great point. An excuse to, cha- to change things. And I would say it, there's less risk because you're not, telling people this is like a permanent change to the show. This is just, yep. you know, a new season, trying something new out. If you hate it, maybe a four-episode season. Like, no big deal. Yeah. But but you're still our audience. That was such a key point that made a lot of sense. Change up anything you want. But remember, these people came and they subscribed for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you would be shooting yourself in the foot to suddenly go from marketers to IT or finance, right. like what are we what am I listening to? And yep. and that would be that would be a shame. But but mixing it up and trying a new segment, right? Mm-hmm. Trying new music. That's actually a, a cool idea to give people a clue that it's a new yeah. a new thing. Yeah. Um wow. A couple of things I wanted to go back to. You have said this more than AI. And it's my listeners. 
Hmm. And I definitely, from having conversations on this pod, have gotten a sense that people are either host-centric, like it is all about the host. This is probably not the one I recommend of the three. It's Or it's all about the guest, which can mm-hmm. be positive and have its traits, or it's all about the audience. And I, I've heard you say, my listeners, my listeners, talk to me about, you know, and you mentioned your job is to serve them. Talk to me about how you think about them when you do season changes and you mix it up. Um, I think it's just, it's the content marketer in me. Like what, yeah. what is any of it for if you don't have an audience? You know, like if we didn't have an audience, you and I would just basically be on a Zoom call. Like, you know, just having a conversation, which is cool, but that's not what your goal is. So you're you assuming know? people are listening to this? Absolutely. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> are you even recording this? Is this just you and me? Is this thing on? Yeah. Tap, tap. <laughs> and, but I think, you know, truly, like that's what it's for. If it were, if it were about the host, which of my show is, is me, then, you know, that's, that doesn't feel like a very good recipe for success for anyone. No. Um, and if it's about the guest, that's cool. But like, then you could just have a conversation um, or you could record it. I, I don't know. It just, the audience is everything. Like, what is it if you don't have an audience? What's a, what's a business without customers? What's a show without an audience? Um, and so everything you asked, like, how does that adjust the lens through which I see the show and, and yeah. uh, act as the host? I, I try really hard to act as if, you know, it's funny, I don't think I've ever really thought about this before, but act as if they're right there listening, like live. And, um, you know, just because I know something or don't know something or have some context or don't have some context, I, I try to seek clarity and um, dig a little deeper on behalf of, of the audience because um, that's what they're there for. They're not there for, because they hope that I have a good conversation. Um, they're not there because they hope that the guest has a good time. They're there because they're looking to get something out of it. And that's, I think that's your responsibility um, as a show host and actually as a guest too. Um, it's not about you. It's about, you know, the people who are watching and listening. Yeah, I wonder how many guests think that or hmm. realize that, that it's about the audience too. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes as a guest, you're often, you know, it's like graciously happy to be a guest on the show so that you can get the word out, promote your stuff, your Sell brand, whatever it is. Yeah. So I love that you're taking the natural extension of saying, hosts, don't forget to think about, make it central that you're thinking about my listeners, but also guests think about your listeners. And that brings mm-hmm. up ideas of like doing prep calls and talking about who is the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And not getting on a show and not being very, very clear that B2B marketers and podcasters are listening to the, yeah. right, or to whatever. Or is it entrepreneurs or, or manufacturing right. CFOs? Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, because that skews how, how you should answer everything, you know? I mean, if, if I know it was an audience of, um, you know, business owners and leaders, you know, you'd talk more about like the ROI of things and the top level results, or if, if it's more end user type people, you talk about how it's done and here's tips for what I would do if I was in your shoes. And um, I just think that's really, that's really important. And I've, I know not everybody thinks that way. I don't, maybe I'm the wrong, maybe Screw I'm them. wrong, but um, you know, I, I get asked quite often, like, why don't you talk more about Casted on the Casted podcast? And I'm like, well, cause 
that's what commercials are for. Like, I, I mean, right. people, if people want to learn more about Casted, there's lots of other ways to do that. And I hope that joining into the show, they get a sense for some of the people they'd be interacting with and the higher level insights about why Casted even exists in the first place. And, yeah, you know, why what we're all doing and talking about matters. Um, I don't know. I just think the content, any and all content exists ultimately to build trust. And you do that through entertainment, engagement, and um, just really good content. Yeah. By engaging, yeah. entertaining, or um, educating. Okay, so we're definitely going to go uh, to that in a second. Um, but I have a real funny question for you because you brought it up. Have you ever had a guest uh, for, like forget or not care who the audience is and, or maybe speak to their default audience? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Where it's, um, <laughs> yeah, yes. It, 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 I don't know if you felt that awkward moment internally. I think for me, it was like a someone who's used to talking to independent freelancers or, you know, I don't know, something different. And they didn't get the note that like, this is B2A marketing pod or this is a mm -hmm. podcast. And then they're talking to like, who are they talking to? Yeah. And it's almost, it's not obvious what's going on until you have situations where it doesn't go right. Then you're like, oh yeah, that's weird. They're talking to, there's the host listening, there's the audience listening. And then there's this other group who aren't yeah. listening and they're being talked to like, what's yes. going on? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had that. And I think that's actually a really good um, example is B2C and B2B are just, they're just different, especially when you get into podcasts um, and, or, or like the influencer or creator or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's just a different world. And so I've, I've gotten into some of those where it's, it's more of like the add to cart influencer mentality. And I'm like, okay. That's exactly that. That's exactly yeah. the, the, the type that uh, I chatted with one time that, wasn't sure who they were, who was listening. Yeah. Um, can you, that's really interesting because sometimes we say it's not B2B, it's not B2C, it's H to H, it's human to human, which it mm -hmm. is. But from mm -hmm. a podcast perspective, what are the big differences you've seen between B2B and B2C type podcasts? Um, to me, I mean, the first place my mind goes when you ask me that question, it's on the back end. Um, I get asked about that a lot as, you know, representing a, a company that is specifically serves B2B podcasting. Um, what's the difference? I mean, why can't I just use X, Y, and Z? And to me, the, the biggest difference is um, the business model. It's the entire, why are you doing it? Um, B2B, of course, caveat, there's exceptions to every rule. But broadly speaking, B2B totally. um, is more of a long-term um, trust-building um, play where there's no add to cart, there's no discount code, there's no coupon, there's typically no ads quite often. It's, hey, I am a thought leader in this space and I'm going to interview other thought leaders because in doing so, as people listen to our conversations, they're going to see me and therefore the brand that I represent as trusted guides in this space. And ongoing, those people will keep coming back. They'll dig in a little deeper. They will trust me. They'll trust this brand. They'll trust the other content that I provide. And Longer term, they'll ask to see a demo, connect with a salesperson, and down the line, I will have a customer. That's the B2B yeah. play. I want to know what brands are engaging. 
who is engaging so that maybe I can, they can be part of my ABM strategy or my target account strategy. B2C or you know, more of a direct-to-consumer or influencer strategy is typically, um, I want to get you really interested in me or the brand I represent so that even during the conversation, you might add to cart. You might hear the ad, click the coupon code, use the promo code, buy the, buy the thing, register for the thing, purchase the ticket, um, go to the site. Right then, it's much more of a quick action play. And so it's more important to know who, as far as demographics are concerned, is listening. Do I, am I, do, do I have an audience of 20 to 30-year-old women on the West Coast because that's who I'm trying to get to buy my product um, today? So yeah. the, the, the metrics that you need to know are different. Um, advertising or lack thereof is a differentiator. Um, yeah. Makes total sense. I, there's a, there, I think there's a reason. I just like the B2B, the considered sale, the thoughtful. No, I can't just click a button and spend 10 or 100 grand, right? I need to like yeah. think about this and weigh the options. And If you figure that out, though, let me know because that would be great. I know, right? Well, I guess <laughs> like, you got to watch out, out the Instagram. I don't know about you, but I've bought like two things in one sitting and then like going to buy the third from the third ad, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? I didn't pop this blab they, they have me figured out so well. Go for like, a walk. You need more hiking stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I do actually. Thank, thanks. Click, I click, do. Click. I don't even hike, but I'm going to. Slack and I'm going to need all slack, these right? things. You need a slack line. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> you know, a couple times now we've talked about, or we, this word has come up and it's not AI, but it's metrics. Hmm. Let's talk metrics because it is all about we're not saying it's the host. We're not saying it's the guest. It's the listener. And naturally, the idea is like, well, we got to measure this. We got to have good stats. And and I think this might even lead itself into a conversation about casting. But talk to me about just podcast metrics and how you view them and how you teach people to think about them. Um, I view them as really frustrating and really silly. Um, which is, you know, why Casted exists because I, I was a marketer for 15 years. Um, still am, but that was all I did. Hell yeah. At the time. And, um, <laughs> when I had my first show, I was, I, I was actually working for a MarTech company and I was excited to be like, cool, we're going to have all these things. We're going to know all this stuff. And I got like number of downloads. I was like, where's the rest of it? Where's the, where's everything else? How do I know who's listening? And, um. I think it's just really goofy that everybody's just, it's, it's getting better now, obviously, but for the longest time, it was like, oh, well, we get all of these metrics for all of these other things, but it's a podcast. So we're just going to settle for just basically not having any information, like just number of downloads. That's fine. That's all we get. And everybody was just okay with that for the longest time. But um, it's not that way anymore. Yes, Casted is, is part of the solution. And I'm really excited to see that there are other solutions popping up too. Because the most important thing about a show, podcast and video, is to know who's engaging. Like number of people, number of downloads, number of watches is great. Um, understanding what topics and themes or, or what episodes that you have, um, also super duper important. But if you don't know if it's a bunch of first graders, <laughs> in, you know, I don't know why they'd be listening to your podcast in mass, but you never know, versus 
<laughs> you know, your ideal buyer, if you don't know, does it, what, again, if you don't have an audience, what good is, what good is the show? So, um, yeah, I think the most important thing and, and what we get to use, so what, what, how, how do I, and how do we at Casted educate, um, our audience and our customers? We get asked all the time for benchmark. Like, do you have a benchmark report? Can you tell us like, what does good look like? How many? Yeah. yeah but like, it's cool to know who's listening and which we reveal who is watching, who's listening, what brands, what people, but we still get asked all the time. Yeah. But like, this is great. But like, what's, what's good? Like, you know, a month after we launch a new season, should we be looking for a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, a million downloads? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me, I mean, who, who is this for? Is this a really super niche show that targets the owners of plumbing, you know, franchises in right. the Midwest? Well, then your audience is probably gonna be really small and you're gonna be really, really successful if you know you're reaching all of them. And if you have a hundred listeners ever, but they're all the right people and they're super engaged, then you're doing great. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're trying to reach like all the CFOs in the country, like you're probably looking for a higher number. Um, so yeah, I think those are the biggest things. Your top priority should be who is it for? Your second question you should ask yourself is why are you doing it? Because that sets up your goals. Um, is it in mass? Is it to you know resonate with a certain niche of people on a, on a deeper level? Um, and then that, then, and only then can you really start to say, what does good look like for me for this show? So you wouldn't, you wouldn't exact. So if I said like, is a hundred downloads per show, a good number? Yeah, I would say, I don't know. Let's, let's look at what you've been getting. Let's look at who it is, because if you're getting a hundred downloads per show and it's like literally a hundred of your 125 target accounts. I'd say success, right? Very, yeah, very but successful. If if you are a Fortune 500 company and you've been doing that show for 10 years and you're getting 100 downloads per show, I would say we have so much opportunity ahead of us. It's going to yes. grow so fast. Um, yes, I'm happy to work with you, Fortune 500 company. Yes. Let's yes, fix that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. First, we'll put you on Casted, though, because we need to get some real stats. Don't the... the the archaic like download counts remind you of the the 90s we just learned how to use the internet and it's like a it's like a hit counter a yeah. little little thing at the bottom of the, of the yes. site oh 13 people and you hit I refresh and now it's like those. 14 people and Gosh, and then you weird. were half the half the you know the reloads yourself like oh let me just hit refresh a few times and that's it uh yes yes and by the way we do have a fifth grader listening so shout out to my son john who is a frequent podcast listener. I mean, yeah, no, no first graders allowed. I also have two fifth graders. So Max and Harry might be listening too. You never know. And maybe they'll get their big brother, Jack, and we will have a party here, Casey. If those three listen to the podcast, it's going to dramatically shift our numbers, you know, <laughs> in our demo. We'll be all the rage on playgrounds across the country. We get some ratings, you know? Yeah. Smash that like button. No. Yes, Ugh. we will. We will be, we will be lit for sure. Oh bet. my gosh, lit. Because, you know, this podcast is fire, you know? Oh man, yeah, bet. And rain, yeah. <laughs> no cap there. Oh my gosh, the cringe factor of this podcast just oh, went to a no. thousand. Oh, do, no. you, do you ever have to deprogram people out of a vanity metric perspective when it comes to stats? All the time, all the time. It's funny too, because um, downloads, 
is actually also archaic because um, we all stream everything. Like you can download a podcast, but do you remember when that's how you used to have to listen? You had to download it. That's where that number comes from. It's number of downloads. That's not a thing anymore. Like it's just like how all in Word, the the save button is still a floppy disk. Yeah. And nobody uses floppy disks anymore. It's <laughs> the same thing. That's so thing. true. Like nobody's downloading the podcast. That's not what that metric actually means. And so when you can remind people of that, it's like that's, it doesn't, yes, it means something, but it's not the thing. Just like what we were saying earlier about AI. Yes, it's a thing. It's not the thing. Um, the thing is the who. And downloads are one of the ways to say, is it going up? Is it going down? Is like, how many are we reaching? Are we reaching 10 people? Are we reaching 10,000 people? Um, it's not the thing. And it's definitely not the indicator of success. What are the cool stats I can see on Casted that I can't see on some janky free podcast hosting platform that just got janky. bought by some other podcasting platform? And yeah, they don't really care about any of that stuff. They just, I they think show our cool factor is going like, back up after we got really cringy because you said janky and I haven't heard that word in a while. So it's I'm, true. That's pretty rad, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's fresh. Um, so fresh. So, okay, what we can do, we, um, we tell you who, that's, that's where our biggest focus is. Um, and we try to get better and better at that all the time. And so. How who? What kind of who? A few different ways. So we, we do um, all of van- vanity metrics that we've talked about, number of downloads, number of listens and watches, number of exposures and impressions, where are people coming from? Where are people going to when they listen? Um, we do reveal all of that. I think that's super important. It's just, that's not enough, right? So we go next level down from there is we tell you um, what brands are actually engaging with your content. So um, we we use um, an integration with with Clearbit along with some other cool magical things behind the curtain to say, hey, what brands are actually engaging with your content? Um, And then one layer beneath that, and it's regardless of where they're watching or listening. It's whether they're on Apple, Spotify, your website. and then from there, um, we have integrations with CRM to say, okay, if somebody, you know, if Casey's already in my uh, Salesforce or HubSpot database and comes to my website um, or comes to the show, um, how do I know that not just, you know, Ringmaster, but you actually are engaging? So we reveal that as well. Um, and yeah, beyond that, we also say, okay, cool. Now we know who. How about what, you know, what topics, what themes um, are they engaging with? Uh, what keywords are are they engaging with? Um, and then we give you ways beyond that to say, cool, now that you know that, we're going to give you ways to make it really easy to repurpose and reuse that content that's engaging your audience. Um, because it's not just about hitting publish that one time. It's about using that content over and over again to really create that human connection. So... Yeah, that is super cool um, because knowing more about who's listening, especially it's like what marketing automation did for us back in the day where we're like, it's not just a Google funnel report showing us 43 people went this way. And we're like, yeah. cool. Who, who was that again? Was it first graders running them up? Was it college students doing research for a yeah. paper? Like, who is this? And then it's like, lo and behold, it's this company that you've been chasing and now they're on your website. So to be able to bring that, really, it sounds like magic, that level of magic to podcasting, that seems like an edge above other brands, you know, if you're a brand doing podcasting. Yeah. We actually, one fun story, we had 
a customer that right when Casted Insights, that's what we, we call it, um, was, was launched, we were showing it to a customer and just, we thought it was kind of funny. We were like, oh yeah, and look at this. The Swiss Postal Service is, is engaging with your, with your show. That's okay. They're like, wait, what? We were like, yeah, right here, the Swiss Postal Service. They were like, wait, seriously? And they were like a super, they were a whale for this customer. <laughs> they had been, they're like, wait, hang on, I got to go tell the AE. Like, and it was, they had like several hits from the Swiss Postal Service. Oh. And they're like, this is a big deal for us. So see, it, the who matters a lot more than the how many. Man, that sales call had ROI written all <laughs> over it. That's, that's awesome. I should follow up with them and be like, did you close the Swiss Postal Service? Seriously? Yeah. 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 It's like, you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Yes, That's yes. awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Naturally, the evolution goes from if you have good metrics, you can start potentially. And I know we're not necessarily sponsor heavy because it is more of that B2B that we've talked about, but getting some promotions and maybe other yep. podcasts wanting to promote on your show or vice versa, or getting your show promoted on other podcasts, the idea of advertising and, and podcasting. I know yep. that Castet has, has gone in that direction, right? With mm -hmm. With, with ads. And so tell me more about that and where you see the ad market going. Yeah, I think it, it's, um, you're right. It's, def it's definitely not a, hey, you're in B2B, don't do ads. I think it's just right. tends to not go that direction, but we definitely see it. I think sponsorships, that's the right word. We see that very often, especially because, um, and I love this, quite often you'll, you'll see a brand do an event and then they'll take the content from the event and they'll make it into an on-demand show, call it what we want, a podcast, an on-demand show, a recap. And they'll get sponsors of the event um, and or of the show. And we're like, that's great. That's great that you're doing that. We can help you make that even better because we can tell you the who. Um, as opposed to just like, hi, we're ABC Incorporated. You should sponsor this thing because we think these people, these are the people we're targeting. You can say these are the people we're targeting. And also these are the people that are actually engaging. Um, and it, it allows you to charge more for sponsorships because and get more accurate with who are sponsors because they know who they're going to reach and, and you're able to really close the loop um, as they do get behind your show. Yeah. Have you, have you considered doing any sponsorships for the casted show or are you keeping it clear for the brand or what are your thoughts on that? Um, you know, I think we just haven't even thought of it. We just, it's just <laughs> yeah, I know there's like do. a thousand things, right? Yeah. Putting holes and dams and building new things and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't thought about it, but not not for any reason other than we just haven't. Um, maybe we should. Are you, you saying know, you would like to sponsor? Sure, sure. And you could sponsor my show too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, the reason I bring this up for you and all, because I've been thinking about this myself, is using it as a demonstration of the ability to do it, you mm -hmm. know, um, and the fact that you know, we definitely help our clients get sponsorships and advertise and, and, and so less about getting ad revenue from it, but more about like demonstrating, you know, expertise in that area and that kind of, I, I could totally see, even if it just promoted like a, a webinar on a particular topic or check out a demo, mm -hmm. it might be interesting to, to yeah. do. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. High five. That's it. Like That's it. AI, drink. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, um, everything's rosy. Everything's happy. Podcasts are the best. They are. And sometimes they're challenging. So my question, on the, almost like on the flip side is, you know, 
what's the challenge that you face right now with your show specifically when it comes to podcasting? I think um, I'm, this is going to sound like when you're in a work interview and you like change the question into something positive. But it's honestly the hard, first thing that right? came the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, I work too hard. I care too much. <laughs> um, truly, I, the the biggest challenge right now is also the opportunity, and and we're on a pause after season nine. Um, and I do feel pressure to get going on season 10, but I want to do something different. Um, not for any reason other than I'm like, I want to do something cooler and different. Like, I think it's time. And so I think that's the biggest challenge is like, how do we, how do we do something different? What is the right kind of different? Um, how can we cut through the noise? Cause there's a lot, uh, how can we be really relevant and interesting? Um, and to your point, what you just said, uh, kind of on a different note, like, and really be a good example of, Hey, you know, there, there is no box. You don't have to be in any box. Do what you want. Um, serve your audience and serve them well and, and get creative in doing so. So I think that's, that's the biggest challenge right now is what we do next. So. Yeah. And when you've had successful ideas in the past, it sets the bar high. And, and I definitely detect, and this is true in marketing as well, there's always that the artist, the creator, where even if it is B2B, there's still that aspect of, you're creating art and mm -hmm. you don't just want to throw it out there. And again, back to ChatGPT and AI, everyone can drink now. Uh, like you, you want to create something. And yeah. so this pressure is almost your own pressure on yourself. I'm sure everyone would be happy to tune in like always, but you, you, there's something in you that wants to make this special. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I do care too much. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is, but there's something about it. It's like, yeah. I'm sure everyone would be totally fine if you just did exactly what you did last season. They yeah. would be totally fine with it. They'd be like, cool, it's back. But, but it's such a fun wouldn't. opportunity to get creative and to, to just, I don't know, do something, one, that's fun and um, that just, I don't know, keeps things, keeps things light. And Have you thought of, do you have any ideas of what you're going to do? Any, any like crazy things? Um, I don't know. You have to stay tuned. Stay tuned to find out. Yeah, check out the cast of podcasts whenever season 10 comes out. Do you listen to other pod? Well, I mean, we're in this industry. You listen, to, but like, do you listen to non B2B podcasts and sort of entertainment ones? I do. And I, I kind of get all over the place. Um, yeah. And it's, it really is. I, I'm not a nonfiction reader and I'm not a nonfiction. I'm sorry. I'm not a fiction reader and I'm not a fiction like pod, podcast or like entertainment podcast listener. Sure. So I listen to a lot of authors that I like and speakers that I like, a lot of Brene Brown and Mel Robbins and, um, you know, uh, Adam Grant, that kind of stuff. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, small world with all these names for sure. Uh, you know, my wife is a librarian and she would tell you, you just haven't found your genre yet. Because there yeah. is a fiction genre out there for you. Just I'm sure. Discovered. It's I'm probably sure. good that you haven't found it yet because then your number of books you've read this year will go from, you know, zero fiction books to, to like... A, yeah. <laughs> now I have no shortage of nonfiction books. I know. you Plenty to read, right? And it's it's still fun to buy more even if you have ones that you still need to read. I know. Um, it's classic. Definitely classic. guilty of that. You know, I the reason I, I asked this too is because just like between different industries and oftentimes you can pick up different techniques from, oh, manufacturing is doing this or, you know, SaaS is doing that. I, I could try that in my own industry. 
I always just wonder about the different podcasts I listen to. And I'm always challenged by this particular thing, which are some of these more narrative storytelling podcasts that have one of those moments where you're hearing about someone whose parents died and they missed their opportunity or, you know, things happened that changed their life dramatically. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is that is that restricted to only the, the B2C show? You know, yeah. d- does that have a place? Do any of these woof moments, or whoosh moments, that's probably the sound, whoosh. Uh, do they do they have, you know, like, mm-hmm. and for me, that's something that I, I've been like fascinated by, but it's like, how do I blend that in? You know, it's yeah. like whatever you're fascinated by, how can you mesh that into a a business show, if you will? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's where the the beauty and opportunity of creativity comes into play because again, there's there is no box. You can inspiration can uh, turn into some really cool things. Um, even in, in B2B. You can be inspired by entertainment and B2C and really breathe life into it into a B2C or B2B kind of show. So Yeah. So whatever yeah. inspires you, just go with it. Just go, just go with, with it. it. Just go with it, man. So tell me. If I wanted to get more information on Casted, if I want to connect with you, get cool. a demo, get content, get thought leadership, know about when the podcast is launching, where are the places I go yeah. and click and subscribe? All good things to do. I highly encourage <laughs> you to do all of the above. All um, of the yeah, Casted is at casted.us. So C-A-S-T-E-D dot U-S. Um, I'm really active on LinkedIn and... Um, the podcast is the casted podcast. Try to Boom. keep it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. And for those listening, as you know already, but if you're new, we put all these links in there for you. So you don't need to be typing while you're mowing the lawn or yeah, don't do that. Riding a bike or just 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 click. You can just touch the link in the show notes and go there. there Save you go. yourself some fingers. Yes. Uh, and and reach out. Lindsay, this has been awesome. Like, I don't know if you, the time has like flown by. Did. I feel like we discussed a million things condensed into this time period. And it's been See so how much. broad meta can be? Seriously. 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 And we didn't get too stuck thinking about the fact that we're doing the thing while discussing the thing, you know? Yeah. Didn't Good get job us. us. Didn't trap us. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for thank coming you. on here, teaching me all these things. Well, thanks for having me, Casey. This was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. And for those listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did, because I literally have two <laughs> pages of notes over here, front and back. I've run out of room. I'm in the margins, all these things. Then share this with someone else. One person, nine people, 3,000 people, whatever. But put your take on it. What, what was your number one takeaway? Was it around the idea of getting rid of those canned questions and maybe leaving the nest and going to, you know, a different kind of podcast that maybe builds trust? What was it? Was it the human connection? Well, whatever your thoughts are, put them on LinkedIn, share it, tag myself, tag Lindsay. We'll hop in there like Comet Ninjas and have a great time. We'll all just create a whole discussion. All right, everyone. This has been a crazy cool episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. 
For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum.